Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place all your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined by Justin Southwell. And filling in for an absent Eve Patoba, we have Cody Stovall with us today, the host of the Locked on Oklahoma State podcast. Could not ask for a better guest host for our one-year anniversary episode. Cody, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm greatly appreciative of the invite. I love what you guys do. Trying to get more coverage for Oklahoma State University. It's very, very important. And you guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, but Tobe always brings that energy, but Cody kind of brings it to the next level. <laughs> so if we're going to replace anybody with Batoba for a week, I'm glad it's Cody. Yes, I, I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> Evil, hopefully he should be back next week. Don't worry, he's not. This is not permanent. But Cody, you are welcome back anytime. I know we haven't even done a show yet, but you are always welcome on our podcast. Obviously, week one of football. Before we get to the Oklahoma State week one preview, Cody, I want to know a little bit about you because you host this daily podcast. How did you become such a passionate Oklahoma State fan? Um, to be honest with you, it, it started when I was a kid, right? Whenever you were a kid in an Oklahoma State fan, I used to cover my walls with all of like the newspaper clippings legitimately, right? That was the same thing as a poster to me. And throughout that process, as a kid, whenever you'd listen to radio shows or you'd you know, dig in the newspapers to find Oklahoma State coverage, you had to flip through pages of Oklahoma University bull crap before you could get some Oklahoma State stuff, right? So it was always a frustration and the better we got right from 2011 and on i always thought okay we're getting better we're going to get more national coverage we're getting better and you know what i mean i just i never understood the fact that you'd have to sift through all the bull crap at ou to get o state news from you ready for this one oklahoma state people hearing people like you know al ashback that's one thing but to hear jim traber who was a cowboy talked so bad about us for such a small amount of time. And it's not like Pat Jones has glowing things to say all the time either. And it made, it just, it made me want to throat punch people. So I always vowed that if there was something I could ever do to potentially help with some of the coverage, I was going to do that because I am very passionate. I've been this way since I was a little kid. I'm obsessed with statistics. Um, so yeah, instead of yelling at the TV, I got an opportunity to, to yell in front of a camera and behind a microphone, and it's worked out pretty well thus far. How hard is it to find storylines 365 days a year? It's actually not that difficult, realistically speaking. So like a, a day in the life type of thing, you read the okstate.com stuff, you know, O-State Illustrated, pistols firing, obviously the Pokes Report. You watch all of the interviews. And then you watch the highlight clips of some of the high school kids and, and some of the, the, the clips that you got from seven-on-seven seven camps. 
and you piece it all together, and you're always going to have storylines, right? You know what I mean? There's 22 guys that start on the field. We're in a unique position where we finally have some depth, so that that helps, right? It'd be one thing if we only went one deep everywhere. With all due respect, I would hate to cover Houston until Houston has a, a two deep that can compete. I just I, I, I don't see how it can be a lot of fun, but this season is going to be fun. Uh, Mike Gundy typically does respond when his back's against the wall. Last season was a letdown, right? There's nobody on God's purple earth that can say we didn't we didn't fail last year, right? We we fell straight on our face. This is a redemption year, but we don't go too deep at every position very often. So this is also a capitalization year, in my opinion. When was the last time you or where where are you based, first of all? Well, I currently live in Colorado Springs. Uh, I got some VA disability crap going on but as soon as i'm done and the, the boys i'm coaching are, are out of high school i'm hightailing it back to stillwater real quick fast and in a hurry when was the last time you were here uh just a month and a half two months ago oh okay so you, you yeah back are you are you planning on coming to any games do you have any i should be at every single game from homecoming on the first half of the season uh, i'm kind of stuck so i i coach some private lessons uh both wide receiver and pitcher so I'm pretty tied up at the moment with some of those high school kids that we have. But as soon as the season's over and it starts to kind of taper down and it gets cold, that that helps too. Um, yeah, uh, you'll be seeing my big, tall, bearded self in Stillwater quite a bit. Nice. We'll have you over at the tailgate. Crash it. I'm excited, man. Can't wait. Love it. Love it. Well, Cody, could talk about you, but it is a week one Football is back. Well, football was back last week, and if you are a Notre Dame, maybe USC fan, but we here are Oklahoma State fans, which means our football season starts on Saturday. Absolutely cannot wait. Facing Central Arkansas, Cowboys are on an active streak of 27 straight wins in home openers, the longest in program history, and the second longest streak active streak in college football. This is only the second matchup between Central Arkansas and OSU. And of course, the Cowboys won the first matchup in 2015, 32-8. Meg, I got to say, I actually did kind of a deep dive into our, like, you know, active home opener streak. And um, I found some interesting stuff. So you have to go all the way back to 1995 before we suffered a loss and that was to nebraska you guys remember in the 90s nebraska pretty good we lost 64 to 21 it sounds bad and it is bad but <laughs> you gotta remember they went on to go undefeated for that year beating opponents by an average of 53 to 14 and they ended up winning the national championship beating number two ranked florida 62 to 24 so from start to finish they were whooping tail and um you know it is what it is now Florida, they have the active longest win streak. A lot of their opponents are pretty similar to what you've seen on Oklahoma's, uh, Oklahoma State's, uh, you know, home openers. But throw in a few like pretty good opponents in there. You know, Georgia in 2009. I mean, we we kept the streak alive during the midst of that. So, you know, power to Oklahoma State for keeping that alive. And I fully expect for that number to continue to rise. What hurts my soul about that fact, Justin, is that not a single player on our team was alive the last time we lost. Oh, but maybe, that's that's a, maybe that's a good thing. Hey, you think 27 and you forget that that's okay. That has to go back 27 years, you know? And then you're like, Oh God, not a single person on this squad was alive or even a thought 
in their parents' mind at that point. Pretty wild. <laughs> what a time. Well, Cody, the uh, Gundy has said that he plans to play multiple quarterbacks. We've talked about it in previous episodes about the quarterback situation. You were talking before we started rolling that you grew up or you, you're familiar with Rangel. You're a fan of his. What do you think about this quarterback situation heading into week one? I think it's amazing, right? We've heard for so long that, if, you know, the concept of if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Well, it, it, I think if, if you're somebody saying that now, you're probably part of the get off my lawn crowd because it has been proven that it can be done. And how many playoff runs have we seen both in college football and in the NFL that a backup quarterback plays an integral role in that team's success, right? It's almost inevitable that the backup's going to play, even if it's only for a few snaps, a few series, a few games, you know what I mean? Today's game of football, everybody's bigger, faster, stronger. That's just that's what it is. Now, our offensive line and the 2D being what it is, probably the best since Wick line, at least since 2017, that's going to help. But I do think this is a good thing, and I do think that it's legitimate. This isn't a, a coach speak, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to name a starter. There's a razor-thin differentiation between the two. And, guys, deep into the season, Garrett Rangel and Gunnar Gundy are going to have most likely some packages. Definitely Gunnar Gundy. He's going to have some goal line type, type of situations. He's going to have some naked bootleg plays that, that are designed. When somebody shows up running a five-flat 40, and two years later, they're running under a 4-6. You got to let him cook. You got to let him go. If his last name was Gundy, even better. Let's, I'm, I'm so ready for it. Yeah, I think that there are, you know, a lot of people would get kind of bent out of shape hearing that we're going to play two quarterbacks. And, I mean, maybe some of that's warranted. I, I don't know. I'm more with you, Cody. Like, I think that there are more pros – than cons in this situation because you know you've got to be able to develop the backups i mean oh yeah the better prepared they are for in the event that they have to step up and be the guy there's nothing like game reps so you have to get them in early and often and especially because of the injury history of bowman like it just it makes sense you want to be able to obviously keep him healthy all year but history says that's not going to be the case so develop those backups. You do have the aspect of injury risk management. So the starter can hopefully, you know, I hope, hopefully he stays healthy uh, because he's, he's not taking every single snap on the offensive side of the ball. And um, I also believe that one of the benefits of this is going to be the competition between the quarterbacks to kind of help elevate each other's game. Uh, you have that aspect of, you know, your other quarterbacks on the sideline cheering for you. And that's a, that's a big deal. So that'll help boost up confidence. I think too. Uh, whoever the backups, however often they get in, it's going to be good. It's a good feeling to know that. Yeah. The starter over there, he's cheering for you. He's got your back. I agree that I think, why not let them play the first few games, get game reps. Obviously they've been going against their starting defense defenders, all camp, but going against your own team is very different from going in a game rep. So I think it is good to get them out there, get that experience, see who shines. That being said, at what point does coach Gundy need to make a decision and name a starter in order to have success on offense? I'd say by Iowa state. Yeah. Conference play makes the most sense to me. And especially since we're going to be 
opening on the road. Like having a starter on the road is way more important than, you know, maybe we'll play somebody here at home. Like it's a completely different environment. You need to be able to have a leader at that point, an established leader and, and know for sure, like, this is our guy. We will see how it all shakes out. I'm, I'm excited to see the growth of Rangel. Obviously, we saw him last season, looked a little shaky, which you can't blame him, Spencer. No one saw the season going the way it did with Spencer Sanders, injuries not playing basically the second half of the season. So I did feel for Rangel because I don't think he even thought that he was going to get as many snaps as he did. And the fact that he is a contender now for a starting job and Gundy, it's too close to call. That shows a lot of growth in him, so I am excited to see that. I'm also excited to see our running backs. Gundy has been very vocal this summer about an increase in the run game on the offense. Cody, you are nodding your head in agreement. We got Elijah Collins, Jada Nixon, Ollie Gordon, three-headed monster back there. How do you anticipate these snaps being distributed amongst our backs? Um, I I do think it'll be kind of even because they, they offer different things. Ollie clearly is more of the Thunder package, but he he does have a, a little bit of lucidity, right? He, he can make some people miss here and there. Then you have Jaden Nixon, which is the constant home run threat. And then Elijah Collins is a mixture of both. Um, and then realistically behind him, we've had some pretty good competition between Ceci Vlahe and a couple of the walk-ons as well have been getting some playing time. I fully expect, I've already made several bets, and I'll keep it going if I have to, we will average over 4.5 yards a carry. We will rush for over 2,500 yards. Will it look like 2018 and run for 5.3 yards a carry? Probably not. But I do think it could definitely look like 2021 at 4.8 yards a carry. I firmly, firmly believe that simply because our ability, our ability to rotate. I do think they'll rotate quite a bit. But let's be honest. If Elijah Collins hadn't been on the bike instead of the field for a week and a half, he might be ahead of Ollie right now, realistically speaking. But Ollie is the guy we're rolling with. I cannot wait for people to see the growth of Elijah Collins. You guys remember when Jalen Warren said that when he was going through the draft process, what Oklahoma State offered him is what he always lacked at Utah State, which is speed. He never had get away from the cop speed. You learn that at Oklahoma State, right? That's part of the Rob Glass system. And when he was able to develop that, put him in the NFL, now he's competing for a starting job in the NFL. Elijah Collins is the same thing. He came to Oklahoma State. He didn't have a lot to fix because the dude just rushed for 988 yards. Okay? But what he needed to fix, he feels like he got it. This is a Jalen Warren-esque situation. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, any running backs out there that are contemplating the transfer portal, if you're paying attention, Oklahoma State's where you need to be. I mean, developing the running backs, we've got guys that are going to the league consistently. It's it's not exactly running back you of yesteryear, but we're up there in terms of here's a guy that, you know, where, where did uh, Jalen Warren come from? Utah State? Utah State, yeah. Utah State. Comes to Oklahoma State, and now he's competing, not necessarily for a starting spot with the Steelers. Oh, oh yeah, he is. I mean, he he is, but it's it's clear it's Najee Harris. But I mean, oh, yeah. Najee Harris is the Alabama running back. Like this is this is the level we're talking about, and it is, I mean, a lot thinner of a margin. Like Cody, you know, I mean, it's a very thin margin. I mean, this is a guy that I'm probably going to get late in draft on on fantasy football night, right, Meg? Like this is somebody you want to you want to pick up because yeah. he has the chance to win your league. Like this is 
this is the kind of development we're talking about as a running back at Oklahoma State. Elijah Collins, I'm glad you're here. I hope you get a, a time to shine. And as far as that goes, Ollie Gordon, you're going to get your time. And Jaden Nixon, you're going to get yours. So plenty of plenty of games this season, plenty of opportunity for all these guys to make a big impact. And, and I'm excited for it. Yes, and I did draft Jalen Warren last night. He was my last pick, my fantasy football team, and I hope that he makes himself a starter on my squad. So let's go, Jalen Warren. One thing mm -hmm. I want to say too, Justin, you mentioned RBU, you know, of yesteryear. Although before, again, before we started rolling, I was telling Justin and Cody how I interviewed Tatum Bell earlier today, a incredible back here at Oklahoma State. And I asked him, I said, where would you rank yourself amongst the OSU running backs? to come through Stillwater. And he put himself at five. And when you take a second to step back and look at the running backs that have come through here, you got Barry Sanders, enough said. You have Kirby <laughs> Thomas. You have, he had Chuba third, Kendall fourth. He put himself fifth. But you also, he's putting himself above Terry Miller, who by the way, is in the ring of honor in BPS. So I honestly, I you know, before I came to Oklahoma State, when I thought running backs, I thought Alabama. You you know, you look at that, you have Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, like Bo Scarborough was great in college, Eddie Lacy, uh, uh Rob Robinson. Derrick Henry. Yes, like you have you have incredible running backs, but then you take a step back, like, wait a second, OSU, you are you are in the mix. You have incredible yeah. running backs. And I think, you know, then you add Jalen Warren to that list. And I think Ollie Gordon, he showed flashes of greatness is a strong word, but in that West Virginia game, rushing for 136 yards in terrible conditions, mind you, at an end of a season mm -hmm. that is a complete disaster. Like, good for you, Ollie. And if that's a glimpse of what we can see him accomplish this year, I'm just so excited to see those guys run behind a healthy offensive line. Well, speaking of that, Megan, uh, hey Justin, why do we why did why did we watch Ollie Gordon rush for like sixty yards on four plays and then start throwing the ball in the middle of nowhere when it's peeing down rain? What was, <laughs> what was that, bro? What what happened there? Uh, you know, that's uh, that's uh, Coach Dunn trying to mix it up. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I'm not. I wasn't in the booth. I was. I was actually. Um, because of the weather, there weren't a lot of people there. I was actually around the 50-yard line, uh, probably about 10 rows up uh, from the West Virginia sideline. Well, you, and, need uh, be, you need to be better at screaming at them to be better, all right? That's my bad. That's my, you know. <laughs> hey, actually, what's kind of crazy, it was pouring down rain. I get there early. Um, the paddle people were pretty much the only ones in the stadium at the time. So I tried. You know, it's kind of like been a dream of mine. I'd love to be able to be a paddle person for one one game. That'd be really cool. Yeah, they, they turned me down. Like I'm, I'm just not part what? of it. Wasn't part of it. So uh, I was very disappointed that I wasn't able to be a paddle person. But hey, if there's like a, a make a wish type of situation out there for me later on, let me know, guys. I mean, I'd love to be one. But <laughs> the person, whoever, like they stood strong. They said no. I had to respect it. Had to move on. But I did still get pretty good seats. Like I mentioned at the 50 yard line. So. <laughs> Uh, but that game, man, it, and that's, I was actually talking about this on Twitter not too long ago that that loss really hurts because, uh, it, it ruined our, our active home win streak. We'd be right up there with some of the, the top, yep. top teams in the, in the country, mm -hmm. but Hey, let's start a new streak. It's all good. 
keep it, keep it going. I think the paddle people have very strict rules. And one of them is they camp out the night before the, to make sure that they can like secure their wristband or whatever to get in and get their spots in the student section. So Justin, that might be part of it that if you don't camp out the night before, you don't get to be a paddle person in that game. So investigate that. Come up to Stillwater on a Friday. <laughs> I'll bring you know my own paddle I've next time. I should, have, I should have known to own bring paddle. my own paddle. But I've never I seen somebody that. try to replicate Pistol Pete in the stands. Like the full get up. I've never seen somebody try to replicate the, the Pistol Pete outf outfit. That, with the head and everything? Heck yeah. That's a big deal. You know what, Cody? You could be isn't the it first. Just, isn't it just like some gangster level paper mache? <laughs> that thing is like 35 pounds. Uh, are you trying to say that I can't handle 35 pounds? No, Megan, I'm not saying that. Hey, Megan, I am swole over it's here. It's not right? some like just paper mache. Like that thing is hefty. You'd be like oh, the, now she's calling me hefty, Justin. Look at that. <laughs> you'd be right. like the pistol Pete. Like you'd be in the stands, right? You got kids swarming you, trying to like get a picture and stuff. You're over here like stiff arming them. Like I'm trying to watch the game. <laughs> well, you have a couple months until you come here, so you just you know pack that in your carry on when you uh, travel out after homecoming for the game. <laughs> got it. I got it. One more position group to talk about on the offense. That is the wide receiver. Obviously, the big name returning is Brennan Presley. Also coming back, we have Blaine Green out there and Jaden Bray, both back from injury. Blaine Green, I saw him on Friday night. He's just excited to get back out on the field. I think that that's just how he's feeling. Like Last year was terrible for him to sit, have to watch from the sideline, literally driving himself to away games. He is ready to get out there, ready to ball. Who are you guys most excited to see play in this wide receiver group? Well, for me, big receiver guy, obviously. Um, I'm going to have to say Talon Shetron because uh, I think the the upside for him just sounds – everything I've heard just sounds so good and that he's he's young, but he's just just a threat. you know. And I love the fact that he's from Ed Edmond Santa Fe. we got the, the Oklahoma connection there, so um, – and I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited for all, all the receivers. Like I said, big receiver guy. But if I had to, if I had to pick one, I guess it'd be him. Love me some Jaden Bray, obviously. But hey, like I said, man, you can't go switching number 85. I mean, we're, that's, that's a little disrespectful in my opinion. But hey, <laughs> um, no, no harm, no foul. We got it. We still got it on the roster, so it's all good. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if he'll get in because. Um, you know, just a, a true freshman, but hey, number 85, Tyke Andrews, I'm going to be watching you too, so make me proud. You know, Tyke Andrews and Jaden Pope have actually been making some moves as far as freshmen go. They're getting some some PT. Uh, you know, Kale Cabin, this is, is obviously a cool story, so it's going to be fun watching him uh, get some receptions this year. Rashad Owens is called, always waited in the background, right? He's like that Swiss Army knife that we can literally throw anywhere, even tied in, if need be. But I, I really think if I can squeeze this in here, Megan, what I think is going to make the biggest difference is the tight end position this year. Yes, Don't give me hope, Cody. Don't give Go me hope. Mark it down. Go write on. it down. Take Go it to the on. bank. I really feel like our tight end position will do more this year than we did with Blake Jarwin. Ooh. Why? Because Josiah Johnson is an absolute freak. 
He is a freak of nature. He went to UMass to play quarterback. He had other opportunities to also play quarterback. And then he, he just kept growing, got too big, decided to shift to the tight end position. Whenever he got here, his routes were very loopy, very lazy. Uh, Justin might know a thing or three about running a route. Um, Not any loopy routes. I don't know. His, route, his routes were, were pretty, pretty lazy. So he thought maybe he was going to be a, a blocking type of guy, but he gets it. If the defense is in zone, they're absolutely screwed because he doesn't view things like a tight end. He doesn't view things like an offensive lineman. He views things like a quarterback. So he knows exactly where to settle down in zone defenses. And he also knows exactly what his quarterbacks are looking for. And the beauty of Josiah Johnson is he can do it with multiple quarterbacks. That's why I think he's going to be the biggest factor here. All right. I'm sold. You know what? I support it. I support it. Honestly, this is going to sound terrible. Sometimes I forget that tight ends are a position at Oklahoma State, a because they're called cowboy backs, or they've been called cowboy backs until this year, and they are not used the way that we see them used in other programs. So yes, I am very much aware that tight end is a football position. But they're just not something that's talked about at Oklahoma State. So thank, thank you, Cody, for calling me out and bringing this <laughs> tight end to this conversation. Hey, it wasn't calling. I was just trying to. I was just trying to squeeze it in there. Thank I, you. From a wide receiver perspective, though, I will say, somebody that I think is going to be a phenomenal is going to be Leon Johnson. But I do think he has a redshirt season available. If he can strengthen his hands a little bit and, and perfect his routes a little bit more. He's going to be a massive weapon, but because of Talon Shetron, because of Jaden Bray, because of Rashad Owens, we're not necessarily going to need Leon this year, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm Cody, excited. you mentioned uh, it's Josiah Johnson, right? Yeah. So he's 6'5". Yeah. He's wearing number 16. Yeah. Interesting. If you're a tight end wearing number 16. 235, yeah. and he runs a 4'6". Okay. All right. Okay. okay. I'm excited, y'all. I'm very, very, very excited about Josiah Johnson. You may, you just made me excited. You just made me excited. <laughs> Am I about to get a Josiah Johnson jer- jersey? Jersey? Is that going to happen yeah, right now? I don't jersey. know. Uh, yes. I don't know. 100%. Maybe. Maybe. Well, guys, and we have him for like three years. That's amazing. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. Use him now, though. Use him now. On the I think other- that's the plan. On the other side of the ball, the defensive side, we get our first look at Nardo's much-anticipated 3-3-5 defense. I had the pleasure of speaking with Coach Nardo last week, and let me tell you, huge fan, huge fan of Nardo. I just, I love his coaching style. I love his approach. Big, big, big fan of Nardo. And I asked him, because I've been able to talk to some of the defensive players, and I've asked them what are the challenges of learning this defense. So it was fun to ask Nardo, the flip side, what's the challenge of teaching a 3-3-5 scheme to players and coaches? And what he said to me was that you have to assume that everyone knows nothing when they, meaning the other defensive coaches, really know more football than he can imagine. He is very much aware that these coaches have more experience than he has, and they know the game better than he might ever understand it. But how can he teach them the terminology? How can they? How can Nardo teach the coaches the scheme the way he sees it, but with the terminology that they, the coaches, have been using their whole career? And I just thought that was a really interesting approach because he's like they under they know the concept but how can i teach it using words that they understand that i might not have used 
to understand. So that just, I just thought that was a very smart thing to say. <laughs> Justin, I'll tell you what, buddy. I think Brian Noro might be Mike Gundy's best hire. Better than Knowles, better than Yersich. As of right now, I can't say, but I want to believe that. I like the, the way that everybody talks about him, the way that everybody seems to love him. I want nothing but that to yield like just the highest level of success. And I hope that he falls in love with Oklahoma state and Stillwater, and decides go. that he wants to stay here. Yeah. And if he wants to be Gundy's successor, that's fine with me. So yeah, you know, you've got a lot to prove here in year one, but with the way that you've started the first impression that you've made on fans, players, everybody else. I mean, guy is crushing it. The recruiting, his recruiting on the defensive side of the ball. Cody, is, oh, we don't talk so about amazing, recruiting bro. at Oklahoma it's state. So amazing, bro. Justin, I will <laughs> say Nardo coach Nardo loves Stillwater. His wife is from Kansas. They met when he was at Emporia state. So he is nice. closer to his wife's family. So he earned brownie points with his mother-in-law. And obviously he's only been here eight months or so, but He's very he's very happy here. So I think that he will stay as long as we have him type of thing. Well, and you can tell in interviews and the way that he talks, he's like a kid in a candy store, right? This is like his dream scenario. When you have a line, or I'm sorry, a defensive back, a safety in Kendall Daniels, 6'4", 230, almost running a 4'4", that could play linebacker. Lyric Rawls. Is is six foot two hundred. He could play linebacker. Trey Rucker is six foot two twelve. He could play linebacker. We have safeties that run safety speed <laughs> that are the same size as linebackers, and they hit like linebackers. And then we have somebody. We have a backup in Justin Wright, who is the perfect Dan Campbell. I'm gonna go chew your kneecaps off type of guy. That and and dude, him and Justin Kirkland work phenomenal together. But Nicholas Martin, he's got hands, buddy. He's, he, you can't call him a skillet hands or skillator. He's got hands as a linebacker. This defense is going to be the fastest defense we've probably ever put on a field in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And I'm not crazy. Okay, I might be crazy. But I've been attending games since like 1993. I, I, I understand where we've been. And like you said, Megan, when you talk to the guys, the guys in the locker room, they're the ones that are pumped. They're the ones that not Arlen Bruce, but, you know, they're the ones that, if they could, would like to bet the house on Oklahoma State this season. Gosh. Poor Arlen. Uh, well, Poor Arlen Bruce. I don't feel bad for him. You made the decision, but we are not talking about him right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Megan. Okay. This is about that was I was I was trying to I was trying to help you out with your 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 ad in the beginning. All right, I'm bet online. I'm here for That's you. Right. Thank you. Thank bet you. Bet online, except for if you're a player, please don't. <laughs> so, Cody, I think you're right though. Like as far as the defenses go, I mean, I'm trying to think back to some of our best defenses. You've always you got to look at 2021. That's it. Because of 2021, how great they what, were. 1984, 1997, uh, 2013. 2013 was sneaky good. Nah. And I'm just 20, I'm giving you I, I got to give you I got to give it to my guys in 2011 and I I it's like not their fault that we scored so often so quickly that they were on the field all the time but they led the nation in turnovers 
and they were very bend but don't break. So, but that's that's really like the only three that are really coming to mind. Yeah. So yep. the fact that we have this kind of speed, I love that Nardo preaches, you know, violence <laughs> running around making plays and yep. uh, we need yep. that. Um, obviously you got to play smart in this day and age. You can't go hitting people like you could back in 2011, but uh, I, I love the fact that we're going to have that kind of speed. So uh, that's, that's nothing but good news. Cody, you listed off all of these guys on the defense who can make an impact and a difference. And the top two that come to my mind are Kendall Daniels and Colin Oliver. But who do you think will be the X factor on this defense? Oh, how dare you? That's a good one. That's a good one. Ah, okay. Yeah. Other than those two, right? I think those are obviously those two. If you think one of them. Well, no, because that's X Factor is a little more little sneaky. They're both all Americans, right? So fair, out, fair. outside of those two, I do expect Lyric to have a massive season. Um, I, I expect Trey Rucker to have a big season. I, you know what? I'll give you an up and comer. I think Deshaun Brown is an NFL almost ready product right here, right now. It's a red shirt freshman. Ooh. Could he be? Could we three peat at defensive player of the year in the Big 12? He is good. He is really good. And he's behind Nathan Latou. And everyone's saying that well, Nathan, the differentiation between Nathan last year and this year, it's like light years, right? And Cody Walters, he's been here forever. For Cody Walters, he to be able to hold off somebody like an Anthony Goodlow, it tells you the talent we have. And then right behind them, you have Deshaun Brown. Deshaun Brown will play. He showed up naturally. Six foot three, 230 some odd pounds. He doesn't run like a defensive end. He's bigger than Colin Oliver. He's as fast as Colin Oliver. He's going to be a problem. Cody, I'm surprised. Uh, I thought you were going to go with, I'll, I'll go ahead and take it. Just the layup X factor, in my opinion, Justin Kirkland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. Not many know about him right now, but you will. Oh, yeah. So be on the lookout for big number 97 out there. Dude, and Colin Clay's gotten significantly better. Colin Clay's gotten really, really good because of Justin Kirkland. Like he, he's talked about it in an interview with the Pistols firing. Him having to go up against Justin Kirkland before they put pads on in the spring, it made him, well, A, he hurt his toe doing it, so he missed two weeks. But in his two weeks off, he kind of found the ability to mentally understand a little bit more leverage-wise and how to use it because of what Justin Kirkland does naturally. It we're just, uh, guys, this season is <laughs> bet mm -hmm. the house. Especially bet the over. Unless you're a player, then don't <laughs> mess with betting. We're learning. Um, oh, Baby steps. I was going to say one more thing. Obviously, the X factor, I kind of, you almost have to throw it to Xavier Benson, but I mean, I, well, I just really need him to play like lights out better than he did last year, and we'll be fine. You can be the X factor if you if you just do that. All right. Well, guys, this defense is predicated upon one thing, and that's the military kiss method. You are you familiar with that one, Megan? I am not. Kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid, yeah. right? Yes. Every read that they have is it's 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 one read and go. So it's like it's like the same concept as of an RPO but on the other side of the football. 
And when you have this much speed and you have this much athleticism and depth, you can have them make one read and instantaneously react off that. Read and react is what made 2021 so good, right? That's what Malcolm Rodriguez is an expert at read and react, even with the Detroit Lions. He's better than their guys that have been there for a long time. So when you have people that are human torpedoes, like Kendall Daniels and Trey Rucker and Larry Rawls, and you know that they can play at 197,000 miles an hour because they got dudes behind them that are almost just as good. This is what the product is going to offer. It's going to be not as good as 2021, but I'd wager pretty daggone close, y'all. I really, really would. Guys, keep talking about betting. And here is something interesting. I did not realize this until I was researching for this game. Last season, we only had six fumble recoveries. We were much better with our interception return for turnover ratio, but we only had uh, six six fumble recoveries. Are you guys taking the over or the under on that this year? Man, I, I'm going over. Yeah, 100% I, over. I guess so. Um, I'm trying to think like math. Do it. Do the math in your head. And I mean, how often does a fumble happen? How often can we get a recovery? But hopefully, over the span of hopefully 14, 15 games, then yeah, you get more than six. So it's going to be over six y'all. Come on now. I'm also taking the over, but I got to ask the question, you know, that's that's why we have these friendly debates. How dare you be good at your job, Megan? How dare you? (laughs) How dare I ask controversial, controversial (laughs) guys on paper, Oklahoma state should win this game. They are the better team It's just, I think everyone expects them to win this game. However, after the 2022 season, no one really believes in us. Unlike us, our podcast, we believe in OK State, but a lot of people out there, we're one of the biggest question marks in college football. This should be a smooth win. What can we prove in this game, even with the victory? What can we prove to ourselves and to other college football fans with a victory on Saturday? Oh, I'll go ahead then. Um, it's going to set the precedence for how the season's going to be. I feel like that we're going to go out there and we're going to start throwing hands and punching people in the throat repeatedly from the very, very beginning. We're going to set the tone that this is how the season's going to go. If you're going to come to Stillwater, Oklahoma, you might win, maybe, but you're going to hate every daggone minute of it. Justin remembers the old school Markel Martin type of dudes. But, dude, we had a Markel Martin. We had a Lucian Antoine. Now we've got, like, five of them. This is <laughs> going to be absolutely crazy. And, again, mark it down. Megan, a, a good over-under is what's the over-under for how many targeting penalties Trey Rucker's going to have? Because that dude literally, he jumps over the line, and he torpedoes people. He don't give 13 hoots. He's going to get calls, but we have depth. I'm okay with it. But if, if I were picking the over-under on how many times – we have targeting penalties from just him. I'm gonna say I'm gonna, I'm gonna say at least two over. I'm gonna go over. <laughs> Got to play smart, man. Don't get thrown out. We need you. We need you. Ah, uh, go for it, man. But what is I know we have. Guy? I know what we have that? depth. Yeah, Les we have Miles the depth. Say, but come on. Let's Miles says just let her rip, right? Mm-hmm. Let, let her rip. Yeah, as much as I would love to see that, I don't think we're gonna get a ton answered about this team from playing central Arkansas. I think that we're probably going to be really conservative. 
I think we're probably going to try to run the clock. I think it'll be a very, you know, grinded out kind of game. Nothing overly impressive. I don't think Casey Dunn is going to open the playbook at all. Nope. I don't think Nardo is going to do anything super crazy with a three, three, five. And for that reason, I think a lot of fans are going to be going, ah, oh, here we go. Like, I just, you know, I just bet a hundred dollars on the over and you guys are, you know, now depends on what the final score will be. And we'll get to our predictions here in a, in a few minutes. But as, as it goes for me, I just feel like right now the fans, please just be patient. I know that you think we should throttle central Arkansas, like 84 to nothing, but be realistic. Like there are so many things that got, different quarterbacks coming into the game. We've got timing. We've got different running backs. We've got our linemen trying to figure out a new running scheme. We've got receivers that are going to be, you know, all over the field trying to figure out even simple things like the hard count on your defensive side of the ball. Yes. You got people flying around, but it's not going to be perfect week one. So don't expect perfection. It's going to take time. And luckily we get a team like central Arkansas where we get to kind of feel that out a little bit, but at the end of the day, we're going to get a win. We're going to take a deep breath and everything's going to be great. All right. So that's all I got to say for right now. I think the Legion of Boone is going to show up and show out. It's going to be fun. And we should all be promoting that everybody needs to watch every minute of this game because what the guys that you see in the second quarter, in the second half, are going to be more important than the guys you see starting for the future of Oklahoma State. Well, everyone wants to talk about how atrocious our, our recruiting numbers have been the last couple of years, and they have been. If you just, just go off the numerical values, they have been. So what does that equal on the field, right? When you have body by glass, the guys that are playing in the sec two deep, three deep, those are the ones that will tell you the success of the season. Last year, we didn't go too deep at very many spots, right? And it showed. I think this year is going to be significantly different. We're going to throttle, and they have some guys. You know, Justin, they've got that, that David Walker guy, six foot two, two hundred sixty pound defensive tackle. That's getting some love from NFL style of guys. Mm -hmm. Their secondary is very comparable to ours. They've got like four dudes that have been playing multiple years together. They've got two fifth year seniors. Their linebackers are decent size, right? That's a Marion Johnson guy, six foot two, two hundred thirty pounds. Playing linebacker at a smaller school, you don't always see that. Mm -hmm. Their quarterback's a veteran. He's been there for five years. Their coach has been there for multiple years. They return quite a bit. So there's going to be a, a few spots. Like, for instance, David Walker. He's going to Tesco Birmingham and Dalton Cooper. He could even go to the other side, and he could get he could test, you know, uh, Jake Springfield. And realistically speaking, they've got another six foot three, 240 pound defensive end, uh, something Jessup, Logan Jessup. So they have a few guys that are legitimate potential NFL prospects that will give us a hard time. But overall, we should beat them down like a mama bear cub pretty easy. <laughs> Their quarterback also, Cody, Will McElvain, he mm -hmm. finished 2022 with a QB rating of 143.7. So he's not and hit through for almost 2,600 yards and is not afraid to throw the deep ball. So I think that that'll be fun to watch our secondary. Now, that being said, in Kendall Daniels and Corey Black, we trust that 335 defense. Enjoy throwing the deep ball against yep. five DBs. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Have at it. Have yep. at it. That's you, not do, you do you, boo boo. Exactly. Well, 
Justin, should we get to your favorite segment? It is back. Absolutely. Uniform picks. This is Justin's time to shine. Uniform picks. Cody, <laughs> what, who, what, what combo? Also, first time we're seeing our brand new uniforms in action. Yeah. What combo will we debut in on Saturday? Hmm. Um, so they're black. I'm going to say orange top. White bottoms, white helmet. So white, orange, white. Yep. Okay, I'm going black, orange, black. Interesting. Uh, well, I will say the last time that we played Central Arkansas in 2015, we wore black, black, gray with with the Phantom Pete. I will say this, though. It's going to be way too dang hot, all right? White, orange, white. Keep it classic. Keep it simple, stupid. All right. <laughs> We're going to have to do, um, I would imagine the brand. Now this is where it gets interesting because like, I'm not going to be like, do this probably every week, but what is the face mask going to look like? What about the helmet stripes? They're, they have all kinds of different options to go with all that. So it's way too much. So I'm going to keep it with white, orange, white. But if I had to guess, you know, I mean, it's central Arkansas. I feel like you just keep it simple, right? I mean, you can go back to, very simple. Go back to all white, no stripes, white face mask. Keep it super clean. I would love it because that's the way that the pants are. But what we have seen in all of our like promos leading up to it, they've had the triple stripe on there with the, the center and it's black and they've got the black face mask. I don't think that looks as good whenever it's paired with orange and white. That's just me. We'll see how it goes. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they actually wore that helmet. So got to wear the brand though. Right, like, that's what I think. Gotta to, wear the brand to debut your brand new uniforms. I think you gotta go with with the brand. And yeah, know. it's not just like any other year where you can trot out with Pistol Pete on your helmet like that. I, we've seen that in the past. Pete is prominent in a lot I would of the prefer home Pete. openers. Yeah, but come on, Justin. You, you know gotta go with the brand. It's gonna be Cowboys. Establish the brand early on. Cowboys. What's up? You think script Cowboys or a yeah? I think that's what the players okay. prefer. Fair, fair. I mean, Justin Williams has had this plan for months, so I'm so <laughs> yeah, excited. Nice. To see. He's that's literally awesome. had this plan since, I don't even know, like June. I forget when I talked to him, but it was like early June, I think. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have the season plan. He's like, now that could potentially yeah. change depending on if players say something or they play well in one combo, whatever. But he's pretty much been planned for several months now. <laughs> When we were talking about Brian Nardo being a kid in a candy store, could you imagine being him when those new jerseys came in? Yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah, every like, year, like all the, all the, all the equipment I'll sleep in the room and protect yeah. you, no big deal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like literally, I mean, people think Oregon when they think of all of the different combos and uniforms and the equipment and the shoes, everything that everybody gets. But Oklahoma State is literally right there. And to be honest, it looks a little bit better. So, hey. Can't wait to see it. Well, guys, it is time for my favorite segment, Cody. We do picks with Bix. Bixby is my dog. He is my 105-pound puppers, who is the best boy. And he likes to pick games. So bear with me while we – how do I add this? Add to this. 
right. Yay! He always eats both of them, but he picked the Cowboys. I'm going to re-rack that because we didn't get to see the whole, the cute intro. Picks yeah. with it. <laughs> Yay! the best boy just smart he learned some stuff yeah yes we've been studying this off season so bixby picked the cowboys he did not have a very good record last year but he didn't wait but (laughs) you know so he picked the cowboys starting off strong i am also going with the pokes i picked kind of a conservative score guys i'm gonna go 48 17 i think that gundy might pull our starters for the second half and, you know, when you get those backups in, I, I don't expect this to be a shutout. It's still the learning curve, but 48-17, pokes. I like that. I mean, I'm kind of in the same realm. Um, I don't really know about if we can get a touchdown every single time. I will probably see a field goal, but what I will I would like to see is score a touchdown every time. And uh, for that, I think is also a very conservative score. We say that, but it's like, not that big 42 13. Uh, so pretty similar score to what you've got Meg. Um, but Hey, if you guys go and win 84 to nothing, I'm not going to be mad. So please just, just do that. Cool. I'm going to say 56 14. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, and, and I'll also say all three backs. Oh, I don't want to say that. At least two to three backs. will go over a hundo. Okay. All right. Will yeah, Corey Black? Will Corey Black get his first pick? No. No. Okay. Nope. Also completely fair. Yeah. <laughs> hey. We should we should try to do some like you know player position uh, you know kind of predictions like that, but like yeah. prop bets. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. Not for the players. For right. Players. Not for players. Don't bet on it. But yeah, well, Cody, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. You are welcome back anytime. Always, always welcome. And if you guys have not checked out Cody's podcast, the Locked on Oklahoma State podcast, be sure to find that. That's wherever, wherever you get your podcasts, right? Yes, ma'am. And it is on daily. So if you need your Oklahoma State fix, you know who to find. Find Cody. Again, thank you all for listening. Like, share, subscribe, follow, comment, rate, review, all the things. Week one is here, guys. We made it. Cannot wait to watch our Cowboys on Saturday. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. God bless. Go Pokes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.